This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Grip for 60 podcast, win some, lose some edition. Um, the Jets played some hockey, uh, they won some game, they won a game, they lost a game, maybe could have done better, maybe could have done worse. My name is Connor Farrell, you can call me TC, and I am joined from Gainesville. Hi everyone, I'm Brendan, also known as TCJ. So the Jets, they did that hockey. Yeah. Also, I want to. I want this to be known at the beginning of the podcast that the Jets were by far not the most embarrassing Canadian hockey team this weekend. Hey oh. Well, I don't think they're the most embarrassing Canadian hockey team most weekends. No, but I just felt like that had to be noted. I mean. The Senator's still playing Ottawa. Right. And well, I was talking about the Maple Leafs with the whole. Oh, I know you were talking about the Maple Leafs this time. But, like, I mean, come on. You know, why have Connor Hellebuck if you can just have a Zamboni driver play a goal? Exactly. Way cheaper. No, actually, there's no chance that. Winnipeg's going to play anywhere near the kind of defense that uh, Carolina played the other night. Answer me this. Answer me this. Why could the Zamboni driver not take a victory lap on the Zamboni after the game? Just take his Zamboni and do a lap. I can't. I can't tell you. (laughs) Would that have not made the game better? I mean, that would have made. I mean, that would have made everything better. But I mean, everything from last night was pretty fantastic. So, before we get too far, I do want to put this out into the world. NHL, if you are listening, this is more marketing genius that I am giving to you on a silver platter. You ignored my last advice, so here we go. Ayers versus Scott Foster in the NHL skills competition next season. Or just put them in the All-Star game. Yeah, just put them in the All-Star game. Because it's not like there's any actual goaltending in the All-Star game either. Just one of those two. Just That's the All-Star weekend, those two, the face-off. The question that every hockey fan has at this point, who is the better um, emergency backup goalie? We need answers. NHL, make it happen. Like, could you imagine if... And mic them up. Could okay, you ima- sorry. Could you imagine in a in an NFL or because uh, we're going to uh, adapt to our viewing audience here or a CFL game 
where like all the quarterbacks get hurt and so they just pull like the oh, uh, like yeah. like the like the quarterbacks coach of like the local community college team oh it's like oh, you're, you're, you're playing quarterback now it's like that episode of drake and josh where josh becomes the equipment manager and then you know but in this case he suddenly becomes the quarterback halfway through the game and then wins and yeah. then wins yeah, on national then, television and not only that it's basically like you driving down the length of the field to score the game winning touchdown you know, like, <laughs> you have to play a period and a half. The absurdity here. It, it just astronomical levels. Like, I know we're a Winnipeg podcast here, but we can't just, like, totally ignore that. No, this, this, is, ama- this is the best thing that happened to hockey this season. Somehow Ovechkin getting a 700th goal was the second biggest story of the day. Right. Arizona put seven on um, the Lightning last night, and nobody gives a shit. Because, because the Lightning didn't have, or the, the, um, the Coyotes didn't have an emergency backup goaltender playing. I think every game you should list a starter, and if he gets hurt, emergency backup time. No, 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 no middle, no, no second string goalies. You can travel with the team. No, nah, it, it only works because it happens so rarely. But uh, speaking of Ovechkin, did you see that bizarre, like, NHL PR tweet that was, like, um, like equivalating, like, goals to, like, home runs and stuff? Oh, no. Really? Yeah. It said, uh, the word elite comes to mind. Only four players reach 700 goals in the NHL, 30,000 points in the NBA, 600 home runs in the MLB, or 400 passing touchdowns in the NFL before age 35. Wayne Gretzky, Alex Ovechkin, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. So there you go. Those are the translation factors. Uh, But that doesn't make sense. Just go with it. No. Listen, my my brain is the question everything the NHL does. Because the NHL is stupid and run by turds. I can't just accept this. I have to make fun of it. All right. Uh, so let's go into the actual Winnipeg portion of this podcast before we get too carried away with making fun of the Leafs. But, I mean, if our, if our market is Winnipeg, how many – like – Making fun of the Leafs has to be part of that brand, right? Right. But I, also I like, see this as an absolute win. Fair enough. Uh, it's, taking <laughs> us like ten, it's taking us like 10 minutes to get into the actual uh, Jets portion of the podcast. <laughs> we, so. we do have actual Jets stuff to cover. Oh, first, before we get into the games this weekend. Oh, my goodness. I, I want to go off on the Cody Eakin thing. Okay, go off. In Still no circumstance... In absolutely zero circumstance, should anyone view the Cody Eakin trade as anything more than the Jets just using their uh, very available cap space to do somebody a favor in exchange for, you know, a pick? Cody Eakin is not a good hockey player. He's just not. He's not He's not a third-line center. But Brendan... Paul Marie says he goes to immediately into the third line. 
it's just that's not that's not who Cody Eakin is. You know, I, I was I, I tweeted it out from our Twitter account. You know, just go to at Grid for sixty pod. Um, yeah, so, someone was like, "Oh, but he had forty one points last year. That's great, but he still he he shot eighteen point three percent last year." Um, so, and he's an 11.4% shooter. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. That might be part of it. And well, he just, he, do, he doesn't drive play at all. He's just, no, no, he's, he's just a black hole of anything good. I, I want to see him play on this team before I make any assumptions, but can we not blow up the 2015 line after like three games and most of those games, they were good. Yeah, can we, exactly. Can we, not, can we not do that? I mean, Paul Maurice is going to scramble the Lions mid-game anyway because that's what happens. Although yesterday they kept to pretty much four lines, which was weird. When I say weird, I mean different compared to the last week or so, but I guess standard in most cases. But yeah, you know, I was I was finally starting to maybe believe a little bit again after the Dylan DeMello trade, you know, because that was a, a an actually good move. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, not not a big fan here. Don't like this. Uh, yeah, Chief has called and he wants it this to be known that it. this is not it. But uh, you know, maybe they get a conditional um, pick out of it, so. I thought they were given a conditional pick. Sorry. Yes, they, they do have – they will at least get a pick. Oh. Um, but I forget how, how it works now. Oh, I thought they were giving them a pick. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, take away everything I, I said. Mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. I thought that's how that worked. I thought they got the player and gave them a pick. Yeah. I'm just being an idiot. That's even, that makes it even worse. <laughs> that completely throws off your uh, yeah, analysis. Yeah, I, I need to. Did you assume that they were getting a player and a pick for nothing? Yeah, I misread it the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are you studying? I'm a journalism major. You're journal, yeah. You're a journalist. Yeah. Okay. I got the facts screwed up here. Mm. Yeah. So the Egan trade should be considered bad and awful, and <laughs> with absolutely I'm, zero upside. I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. How many years does he have left on his contract? It might just be the end of the season. Because if it's the end of the season, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, it is kind of a big deal <laughs> because. Uh, Winnipeg would have to give Vegas a uh, – sorry, I'm trying to find the conditions here. The, the 2021 for, uh, fourth that they were going to give them yeah. turns into a 2021 third if they either yeah. make the playoffs or re-sign them. Yeah, that might be a bit of an issue. But the upside would be they make the playoffs. I mean, yeah. there's your payoff. You made the playoffs. Right. But you shouldn't look at a bad move and be like, or have it validated by you making the playoffs. You know, I'm willing to give it a, give it a, a shot. We'll see what he's got. 
I'm going to see what he's got before I say this was a bad trade or a good trade. And, you know, I, I know right now it doesn't look good. And I agree. Maybe they gave up too much for him. Okay, well, let's see. Do something with that cap space. Um, maybe this can be good. I don't know. He's not a play driver. He's not exactly the prototypical grit for 60 podcast grade a player that we like to see but maybe maybe it works maybe it works better in um winnipeg than it did in ottawa i remain doubtful but anyway i wanted that to be known before uh we get into the games real quick well he hasn't played yet for winnipeg so Right. Or if you play, if you played yesterday, I didn't notice. Right, I'm, ju- I'm just. We didn't play against Ottawa. If we played yesterday, I didn't notice. I'm just saying that that's just not a good move. Like you shouldn't be actively acquiring bad players. Yeah. Yeah, this probably isn't the kind of player you want to give up a third on. And plus, like I don't think that this front office gets like a benefit of the doubt of like, oh, just trust us; it'll it'll work out. Hmm. Hmm. But again, the biggest problem I have is you're breaking up that 2015 line that has been pretty good over the last week or so for a third line with pieces that were only kind of sort of working before. Yeah. Maybe don't break that up. Maybe the one part of your forward lines that was working, don't break that up. I shouldn't say the one part because they were scoring. Kyle Connors, 30 goals in the season. So, but let's right. get into yeah. Jets and Senators. Ottawa. Even, yes, that's what I said. Jets and Senators. Yes. Um, Jets win. Woo! All right, let's move into the Flyers game. I mean, but I mean, what else <laughs> do you want me to say about this game? The Jets won. They won 5-1. It was the Senators. They took care of business. Very important for them to not drop points here particularly after going down one nothing early. After that goal, Winnipeg just decided, yep, we're, we're the better team. We have Mark Shifley, who is an all-star. You don't have anybody that can really compete with him. Uh, Kyle Connor's good and here as well. Like, Mark Shifley took, took over. Well, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what happens when you have a hat trick. Yeah. Actually, he had a hat trick of power play goals. Oh, even better. Mm-hmm. Even better. Just three power play goals. You know, special teams, man. We we talk a lot about five on five. We do talk about special teams on this podcast as well. We, 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 we only power play goals. We only that, talk about uh, we only talk about the Jets penalty kill when it comes to special teams. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point because they're very bad. They are very bad. But. Three power play goals. Plus uh, another assist for Shifley on uh, uh, Ellers' goal. Ellers. So, yeah. I blank. So, you know what my, what my thinking is here? Shifley listens to the podcast, clearly, and heard us go on and on and on about the other players that we were giving shout-outs to, and he decided he wanted a shout-out on this podcast. Well, Mark Shifley, you're getting a shout-out. Good job on the hat trick, buddy. 
I mean, I'm still like super skeptical of this crazy 15.1% on ice shooting percentage for Shifley Listen. this season. <laughs> Listen. That's, that's a little working. <laughs> but This team needs something, Brendan. You can't just take everything away from this team and expect them to succeed. But they it is. Let them have this. It is fun to watch. Let them have one player who shoots well. Thank you. I think um, I'll have to find it, I guess, but Dom over the athletic because I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. That's just not, yeah. no, not happening. That's a nope. But he, uh, in his like periodical 16 stats thing, he was talking about how like the Jets top line is actually like really struggled to drive play. Yes. Like we've been talking um, about. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to find it now, but um, they mixed that made me think of that. Though. They finally mixed it around a bit. Right. They basically had line one and one line one A. Connor Cop line A had 16 minutes. Eller Strifley Wheeler had 16 minutes. And as the season has gone on, the Jets have been a better team which isn't yep. saying anything right <laughs> it's not saying any it's saying something right but like growth. yeah but considering where they were at the beginning of the season it really yeah. doesn't say anything it's not a high bar no uh, nobody's uh yeah <laughs> Just gonna I don't leave know. It at that. Yeah, I, I lost my train of thought. Gonna, yep. You had something? Uh, I'm still trying to buy some time here, so keep going. Oh, up. okay. Um, well, then I'll talk about how uh, in the Ottawa game, the Ellers-Shifley-Wheeler line had 79 expected goals, 4%, which is outstanding, um, even though they had less than 50% of the Corsi 4 But you know what? We won the game, so who cares? Um, and it's not like there were other lines that were doing much better as far as Corsi 4%. Uh, other than Harkins, Roslovic, Appleton, which I guess we will never see again, given the arrival of Cody Eakins. Uh, and again, like I was saying, the one A line 1A and 1B thing is starting to take effect. Um, Kyle Connor, Andrew Cup, Patrick Line had about 10 minutes together. Eller, Shifling, Wheeler had 11 and a half minutes together. And then yesterday, about 16 each. So, do you need me to kill more time? No, um, I, I found it. Okay. It was, at the, it was at the top of his article. My computer was just being weird for a little bit. But essentially, the point was is that um, since the calendar flipped to 2020, he had only had 15 points in 20 games, which is a 62. Who's he? Uh, Shifley. Okay. Uh, which is only like a 62-point pace. Uh, his line was getting outscored with a really bad expected goals percentage. Um, and apparently the big one of the big reasons why is defense because 
uh, I'm just quoting the article here. Shifley has the worst effect on expected goals against in the league, according to his RAPM, a regression technique used to extract a player's effect on various 515 metrics. Okay, can you, like, explain it to me like I'm five? Basically, one of the big reasons why Shifley's line has, has struggled to uh, drive play is that he can't play defense, which is compounded. This isn't said in the article, but this is my interpretation. Is that that's compounded by the fact that he plays with Kyle Connor, who also really cannot play defense. So you're saying the defensive dynamo on that line is Patrick Line? Oh yeah, and I was saying, yeah, and the other guy on that line is Patrick Line, who also cannot play defense. He's playing more defense. He's he's making interceptions in the attacking zone this season. Right, but which is an important. He just, I don't know if I've seen him do too much defensively in the defensive zone, but. And then also behind him, the two defensemen, yeah, most nobody. of the time, can't play defense either. So Probably Kulikov mishandling the puck, but, you know. Yeah. You know. Anyway, I, I thought about I remember reading that during the week, and I wanted to share that. But uh, let's, let's shift gears to the Philly game because, you know, you're the resident expert on all things Flyers. hey So, uh... What did you see from the Jets-Flyers game? Well, the Jets lost, but they didn't play poorly. They were, def- they were like the second period. The Jets kind of took over, uh, but they didn't really score. They scored a goal in the second period. Um, they maybe should have had more given the the, the – uh, chances that they were creating. The problem is by that point, they were already down to nothing. And so I think we had some, somewhat of a score effects situation. And then uh, Sean Couturier makes it 3 nothing at some point in the second period, and then Morrissey makes it 3-1. Um, but by that point, it's just you really have to outplay the, op- the opposition from that point forward. And I think once Morrissey scored – the Flyers were like, oh, we have to do better. And then in the third period, the Flyers did much better. Um, so it was really hard for them to recover once they were down 3 nothing. even though they were – for a period of the game, they were probably a better team. So I'm encouraged. I See, this, is, <laughs> this has kind of been my season as a Jets fan is – when they win, I'm pessimistic. When they lose, I'm optimistic. Today is one of those games where they lost, and I'm like, well, they, they could be doing better. Like, the Flyers are a good team. Um, and I know they lost 5-2, but or 4-2, excuse me. Scott Lawton missed the empty net goal that could have given him a hat trick. But um, this, they played a playoff team. And a playoff team in a very good division. They're sitting third in the, the Metro. The Flyers are sitting third in the Metro. Um, and in other divisions, they could be second. Or even if they were in the Pacific, they'd be first. Like, this is a very good team. that The Jets played really hard. They, in a way, maybe not completely, but in a way, uh, understood what it's like to face Connor Hellebuck. And I don't want to overhype Carter Hart. But last night, he was the best player on the ice. 
and you know when the other team's goalie was is the best player on the ice, you you lose games that maybe you should have been more competitive in. That's my analysis of this game. Oh, that's 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 well put. But uh, yeah, so I thought the interesting part you you mentioned this was that the Jets kind of took over in the second period. Yeah. There were actually like a lot of shot attempts in this game. Like the two teams combined oh, yeah. for over or well for ninety nine at five one five, which is weird because every time you see the Flyers on these sort of um, shooting metric graphs, they're always in that dull category where they don't shoot and the opponents don't shoot, and you know the Jets don't generate offense very well much. So to to see all the shots in this game was kind of unusual. Yeah, but what I was going to point out was that through the first period, it's pretty even at 18-16, and then the Jets outshot the Flyers 25-13 to at 5-1-5 in the – or they out-attempted them 25-13 at 5-1-5. Uh, but then the third period, which, you know, usually you can, like, track up to, like, score effects or whatever. Like, the Flyers were, were dominant. In the yeah, third, third period? period. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, they came back from the intermission. They're like, boys, this has got to be better. And they I think the third period is much more um representative of what this Flyers team should be most of the time versus the second period. Usually they've got one period a game where they just aren't there. And that was that second period. I think the frustrating part though has to be that. Not that the Flyers or not that the Jets gave up four goals, but that they gave up two to Scott Lawton in the first period. Yeah, that's not as bad as the Rangers giving up two to Joe Thornton last night, but it's still pretty bad. Yeah, he's. I mean, that's Scott Lawton's eleventh and twelfth goals of the season. But the thing with the Flyers is that they have been getting a lot more depth scoring particularly in the last few weeks. So teams have found ways to um, sort of limit the effect that Claude Drew, Sean Couturier, Jake Borachek, even Kevin Hayes, those guys, the, the effect that they are having on this game. But they're getting help from guys like Scott Lawton or Tyler Pitlick. If Tyler Pitlick had a hat trick, oh, man, that might have been an issue. But I mean, Tyler he did Pitlick have a goal. Scoring, though. Oh, he did have a goal. Yes, yeah. he did. Assisted by Robert Haig and Justin Braun. Offensive dynamos, Robert Haig and Justin Braun. Um, so I see your point, yes. But also that's just kind of how it is playing the Flyers sometimes. Is this what it's like to have a team with a lot of depth? Um, it, it can, <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Other times, it's the Travis Konechny show, which I'm not mad about. I'm sorry. Is this what it's like when you don't have to rely on Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shackley just PDOing the other team? Uh, yes. But, uh, you, got, you got anything else you want to you bring out from the Flyers game? Um, I was trying to find it, but I thought I saw stats that showed that Kulikov and Pionk actually played well in this game, but I, I couldn't find the actual, like, advanced stats on this, on that. So, unfortunately, I don't have it. Um, which I know some of the listeners are going to be like, oh, shocking, we have evidence that Kulikov isn't bad? Well, 
It was one game. I test. I test. I, I test. test. Yeah. Well, I, you know, watching this, you could definitely see. Watch the game. <laughs> Point shots work. I believe there was a, a tipped goal in this game. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, Pionk and Kulikov um, were roughly like around the same. Like basically, they had like two thirds of the shot attempts when they were on the ice. Oh, see, that's good yeah. for them. Yeah, but how many of that is Kulikov blasting one from the blue line, and the fact that he's with Pionk, an offensive defenseman? Uh, well, the concern that the Jets took a lot of shots from the right point. I'm going to go with that was a lot of Pionk just clapping bombs, but <laughs> as he does. Um, okay. That's about all I've got. Oh, and also those goals, the Jets scored stellar goals. Like that was classic Patrick Line, just slapping one top corner. Not much he can do a power play goal. Not much Carter Hart can do on that. And then run more goals behind the, the red line. Shifley goes behind the red line. Feeds Josh Morrissey, who's crashing down from, from up top, and just also wails on one. Like, can we do more of that, please? Working from behind the net to me is like the corner three of hockey, you know? Like, like the corner three in basketball is like a super efficient shot. Yes. Because it's, it's closer than, you know, because the court can't fit the entire circle. So that, mm. like the corner three is still a three-point shot, but it's, it's the closest you're going to get to right. being to the basket while still shooting from three. Right. So it's a really efficient shot. I feel like working from behind the net is very similar to that. And I almost wonder if, you know, I don't know basketball, but I kind of think that corner threes are usually are, are less contested than the other shots can be, the other three-point shots. Like it's – if you, if you kick the ball out there, right – I feel like you can catch defenses off guard more out there than you can up top. So you can get more, or it's less defendable, if that makes sense. Right. No, that, that makes, that makes sense. Um, but this is not a basketball podcast. I don't know what I'm no, talking, uh, I'm talking about. Basketball. I just, yeah. I was just thinking is that a foul. That. I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Um, well, that's your, it's part of your job. But, uh, yeah, you got anything else you want to add? We're covering a Canadian hockey team. Is this where we, someone points out that Naismith was Canadian? Or do we have to make an obligatory Steve Nash reference? Um, why not both? Okay. Steve Nash. Oh, wait, no, no. Because I'm in Gainesville. Florida's point guard, Andrew Nemhart, is Canadian. Oh, there we go. He's a he's a good Ontario boy. Good old Ontario boy. Yeah. Ontario. But that's not Winnipeg is not in Ontario. No, but it's still no. Canadian. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, how are we doing on time? Uh we're we're good on time. So uh if you uh if you got anything else, let it rip. Um I'm gonna say Washington, this is on Tuesday. Jets are going to be playing back-to-backs this weekend on the East Coast and then go to Washington. I don't like this. This, is this to me, reads schedule loss. Um, 4-1 
Washington. Yeah, hold on. What kind of bizarre schedule is this? Are they doing a home and home with the Capitals? Yeah. I, <laughs> what the hell? That, well, well, my my biggest problem is the fact that they go, okay, we're gonna play in Philadelphia Saturday, Buffalo Sunday, and then travel to Washington, and um, they, play, they get a day off, right, on Monday, and then Tuesday they play Washington, one of the best teams in hockey. It's and like then take then go home like. It's like we're reviving the old Southeast Division here. <laughs> For that one season where Winnipeg was in the Southeastern Division. Yeah, we're still going to schedule it as if you're still in Atlanta, but... <laughs> you're not. 2013, 2014? Uh, that would have been... Uh, 20... Uh, it would have been 2011, 2012, and I guess in 2013 uh, okay. as well. Guys. <laughs> so Somebody... Somebody needs to fire the scheduling monkeys. Mm. Get, a, get a new schedule, monkey, schedule monkeys in here that can do a better job. How many monkeys does it take to type out an NHL schedule? I do not know. It's like the whole, uh, if you get enough like monkeys together, you can eventually, eventually like they'll type out like a Shakespeare script just from like sheer randomness. So, like the odds of it are yes, like, a trillion that's exactly one. where I'm getting this from. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just like, we can't, We haven't gotten the entire works of Shakespeare yet. We're getting all the crappy versions that come before we get the, the works of Shakespeare. You're just getting a bunch of random gibberish yeah. and, punct- and punctuation marks. That, that, <laughs> random gib- gibberish and punctuation marks, and apparently Tuesday. That's the NHL schedule. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. That seems like a good note to yes. uh, wrap it up on before we start talking about Anything else that's on the top of our minds, apparently. Pay your typing monkeys. So you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Gripper60Pod. You can follow me on Twitter, at BeFarrell727. Uh, especially if you really like that uh, sweet basketball content that I had yes, earlier. basketball content. Yes. If you're a Canadian and follow want to follow your Canadian – uh, college basketball protege. Protege, that's not the right word. No. Um, product, I guess. I don't know. Follow Brendan and he can tell you all about your Canadian basketball wizard. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's everything I've got. Um, oh, yeah, you can follow TC on Facebook and or not Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram at TC904. TC and, underscore yeah. 904. The underscore yes. is very important. But. Uh, yeah, also go check out all of our friends on the Hockey Podcast Network. Good people. They do good work. Uh, but, yeah, so we're going to call it a day here. Thank you for listening, and have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.